are you guys this morning? It's so good to be here. Um, for those of you that are here for the first time or joining us online, welcome. Um, I'm Pastor Laura. I'm the associate pastor here at LifeSpring. And I'm just so excited to be with you this morning. I was just thinking this morning, I'm like, here we are. How many days to Christmas? I'm sure somebody knows that here. How many days? Like 12. 12. 12. I feel like it was March, and now it's Christmas. Um, and I'm not quite sure where the time has gone. Um, but I'm excited to celebrate in this season. This is always just such an amazing season. And so we're continuing our Christmas series this morning um, called Jesus Period. And if you've been with us or watching online, um, you'll recall that Pastor Dan began this series with Jesus' hope. And then last week, Jesse and Debbie Mendoza shared on how Jesus is joy. And this morning, Pastor Dan and Mary have left to go be with Jesse and Debbie as Pastor Dan installs Jesse as senior pastor at One Hope Church this morning. Isn't that just, yeah. That's so incredible to see how God has moved in the Mendoza's life and has brought them into this season. So we just share and celebrate with them this morning. So I have the privilege of sharing with you this morning about how Jesus is peace. And when we think of the word peace, all sorts of things come to mind. So I looked up in the dictionary for the dictionary definition of the word peace, and it says this, freedom from disturbance, tranquility, a state or period in which there is no war or a war that has ended. So I was thinking on this freedom from disturbance and tranquility. Some of you parents out there might like some of that peace and tranquility right about now in this season. So when my kids were small, it seemed to me that the time that they needed the most attention was the time I stepped into the restroom. Right, mamas out there, dads, you shut that door and you think, I just need five minutes. And all of a sudden, you're just hearing, mom, 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 right? Mom, mom, I need a cookie. Mom, when are you coming out? Mom, mom, she's touching my hair, right? All the things happen when you walk in the restroom. Sometimes, as parents, we are just looking for peace and quiet, even in the restroom. And then when I think of a state or period where there is no war, the other definition, we might think of the phrase world peace, right? And there's this movie, I don't know if you've, any of you have seen it, it's an older movie, it's called Miss Congeniality, and it stars Sandra Bullock, and she's an FBI agent that she goes undercover um, in a beauty pageant, and she's a contestant. And so when the contestants are asked, what is the one most important thing our society needs, every single one of them gets up and says, world peace. Everyone. And you think about Miss America pageants, right? Sometimes they say they want to see world peace. And then there's the phrase, peace of mind. Now, lately, I'm not quite sure, maybe because I was steady on peace, suddenly my feed has been filled with advertisements about things that are going to bring me peace of mind. Like alarm systems and video cameras and safes and insurance. I'm like, how is this all suddenly inundating me right now? And then even attaining wealth. Like I literally saw an article this week that said, money won't buy happiness, but it can buy peace of mind. 
And then, so looking back at the dictionary, um, there is the third definition. Um, it kind of made me giggle because um, it's where the word peace is used as a verb when someone says, peace out. I know, I know I'm too old to say that. I know it. I know I've extended the uh, age limit for saying peace out, but I still had to share that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll take it. I'll receive that. I'll receive that. So growing up in the Presbyterian church, we had a time during the service called the passing of the peace. Anybody else experience that maybe growing up in church? Um, So I was about 10 years old or so when Pastor Francis Horner became the pastor at White River Presbyterian, where I attended with my family. And he was this amazing, wonderful man from South Africa. He had the best accents. I don't know about you, but like people with accents, I, I just could listen to them all day. I'm like, you're a person with British accent. Please read this dictionary to me. I mean, I just love it. I can just sit and listen all day. But when he first came, he talked about how we were going to start doing the passing of the peace. And I heard this, and I was angry. I was so upset because I thought he said we were doing the passing of the peas. And, you know, the little green peas. And not only, I hate peas, they're disgusting. They're disgusting. And I was thinking, not only am I tortured at home by eating peas, but now I must come to church where they're going to pass the peas around. I was horrified. But um, the next week I was quite relieved to find out that no communion plates were being passed around with peas on them uh, during service. But what they did do was they stood up and they turned to their neighbor and you'd say, peace be with you. And then the person would reply, anyone know? And also with you. That's right. That was the passing of the peace. But for all of these different uses and thoughts on peace, are any of them what the angels had in mind on the night Christ was born? Was that what they meant when they proclaimed peace on earth? So we're going to dive into that this morning. But first, can we just pray over our service? Lord, we just ask you to come. Holy Spirit, move. Speak through me this morning, Lord. Let us have ears to hear and hearts to receive your word today. And Lord, may everything that we say glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you have your Bibles or your cell phone or your tablet, um, we are going to be in Luke 2, 8 through 20. I'm going to be kind of bouncing around to a lot of scriptures, but that's where we're going to start, and we'll also have them up on the screens for you, and for those of you online, you'll be able to see them as well. But we're going to start out in Luke 2, 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now I just want to stop here for a moment and talk about the angel. So verse 13 and 14 in the um, NLT translation says it this way. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, 
the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And so I want to take a second and just picture that for a moment. It would be amazing to have a single angel come and speak. But then the angel who was speaking to the shepherds was joined by the armies of heaven. The armies of heaven. Can you imagine what that must have looked like? When we say we have an army ready to defend our country, what do you picture? Right? Not just a couple people standing around. Right? So I think of the skies filled with thousands of thousands of angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. What that must have looked like. Can you imagine what that sounded like? God sent the armies of heaven to declare the birth of our Savior. Isn't that an incredible picture? And then looking at verse 14, the angel said this, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth. Now when we think of that phrase, we might equate it with what the beauty pageant's contestants' answers were. World peace. But I want to take a look at the word peace in the Bible. Now if you have a chance, take a look at the Bible Project video on the word peace. It is so awesome, and they go into it um, in much more depth, and it's really worth it. It's like a three-minute video, so good to watch. But shalom is the Hebrew word for peace. And the word shalom just doesn't just mean absence of conflict. The word shalom means complete or whole. So if you picture building a wall, and that wall has no gaps, or no cracks, it's complete. That wall is in a state of shalom. Or if you have a broken relationship that has been made in amends, that relationship is now in a state of shalom. But it's more than just being at peace. Like when two warring countries come into shalom, it's not just the absence of war, but it's working together for each other's benefit. So when Isaiah says this in Isaiah 9-6, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The word peace he is using is the word shalom. Isaiah is declaring that Jesus will be the Prince of Shalom. The Prince wholeness, the prince of completeness, the prince of restoration. So when the angels are proclaiming peace on earth, it's not about earthly peace or the absence of war, but it's about spiritual peace, shalom with God, wholeness and completeness and restoration with God. You see, Jesus came not to bring peace on earth, but to bring reconciliation between man and God. See, that is who was at war. Jesus came to bridge the chasm caused by humanity's rebellion against its creator. 
This announcement from the angels' armies of heaven was not about quiet or tranquility or merely the absence of fighting between people. It is the declaration of the end of hostilities between sinful humanity and a holy and righteous God through a Savior, Jesus. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. You see, world peace will never be found in this world until God's kingdom is established here again. The peace the world offers is fake and it's fragile. True peace, shalom, will only be found in relationship with Jesus. So I want you to catch the second half of verse 14. Um, The NLT version says, And peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And the NIV says it this way, And on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angel didn't say here, Peace on earth to everyone, right? No, they were very specific. Peace on earth on whom his favor rests, with whom God is pleased. So who are those with whom God is pleased? Who are the ones on whom his favor rests? They are, the, they are those who believe that Jesus Christ is their Savior. Jesus, who was born in a manger, Jesus who died, who arose, who ascended into heaven, and who now sits at the right hand of God. The only place we will ever be able to find the peace the angels spoke of, shalom, is in relationship with Jesus. There can never be world peace without a world that accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior. And I think most of us would agree that 2020 has been a year where there seems to be an absence of peace. You turn on the news for five minutes and you're just inundated with conflict. People are stressed, people are frustrated, and people are tired. Can I just tell you this past week, the week that I am speaking on peace has been one of the most crazy and stressful weeks that I've had in a very long time. I'm like, of course! Right, I'm speaking on peace this week. It's not surprising, because the enemy wants to remove our peace. But let me challenge you with this. There is peace in the earth today. It is found in every heart and life that is yielded to Jesus. And if we are believers in Jesus, then peace must start with us. Some of you might remember this old chorus, and it went, let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. If we want to see peace in this world today, we must first, it must first be made alive in our own lives. I can't sit back and just wait for peace to break out somewhere. Peace must begin with me. So how do we get the peace the angels declare? Shalom in our own lives. We first have to seek peace with God. 
So during this season we've all been walking through, Pastor Dan has talked about how we must be rooted in God, in God's Word, in worship, in prayer. We must have those deep roots to keep us anchored. If we are not in alignment with Him, if we are walking our own walk, ignoring His voice and removing ourselves from His presence, then we will not walk in completeness or wholeness with Him. When we choose to do our own thing outside of what God is calling us to be, then we're in essence shoving God aside and saying, my will be done. We can't expect to have peace in our life if we choose to walk out of step with the one who brings us peace. And God wants us to be connected with him. That is why the angels erupted in praise on that night, because a Savior, the Savior that will restore humanity to God was born. Love came down. That completeness, that wholeness with God is brought to us through Jesus. When we surrender our hearts to Jesus and follow God's will in our lives and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, then we can find peace with God. Romans 8.6 says this, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. If we are lacking peace in our life, we have to first look at our relationship with the Prince of Peace. For when we have peace with God, we have peace of God. If we are also lacking shalom in our life, we need to look at our relational peace or our peace with others. And this directly ties into our peace with God. The further we walk from God, the more our relationships suffer. And have you noticed that? Like if there's days when I don't spend time with the Lord like I should and I'm not spending time in the Word that I should, I get cranky. I get cranky. Don't ask Dave. He'll, he, he, he'll tell you all about it. So don't. Well, okay, you can ask him, but we'll have stories. I get cranky, and my temper is shorter, and I get frustrated easier. And who do we take out those frustrations on typically? The ones we love the most. We have to be intentional with our peace with others. And if any of you have spent just a few minutes on social media this past year, you will find a lack of peace with each other. The hostilities between each other seem to be getting greater and greater and the divide getting wider and wider. And that's not so unexpected from the world, but what's incredibly disheartening is to see it from people who call Jesus their Savior. Church, we cannot have peace within us until we have peace between us. Christ came to make reconciliation possible between God and man. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are now agents of reconciliation and empowered through him to create peace. And Paul says this in Ephesians 4.3, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together. 
finding ourselves together with peace. The message translation puts it this way, that we should be quick at mending fences. Jesus made peace through his blood on the cross. As believers, we are given the power to create peace through him. We can choose to speak words of forgiveness over those who have wronged us. We can choose to give someone who has failed us a second chance. We can choose to love those who might have a different viewpoint than our own. We can choose to walk in humility and love. What would our lives look like if we set aside those things that we have allowed to stand between us? As followers of Christ, we must lead the way in this. As the church, we should be setting the standard of grace and forgiveness and mercy and love. The Lord is gracious and compassionate slow to anger, and rich in love. Isn't it our calling, especially during seasons of difficulty and division, to demonstrate the same? We have to be the hands and feet of Jesus to a lost and broken world. And as believers, we need to bring the hope and the joy and the peace of Jesus. We have to bind ourselves together with peace. We cannot have peace within us unless there is peace between us. Finally, if we want shalom in our lives, we also must find peace within us. And Jesus says this in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Now I know that we can go on Amazon and buy just about anything. But we can't go online and purchase peace. Peace can't be bought with cash or charged on a credit card. We can't hang it on a wall. We can't put it on a shelf. We can't even put it in a safe. If we don't carry the peace of God within our hearts, we will not be able to find it anywhere else. Galatians 5.22, the beginning, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. We cannot manufacture true peace. If peace isn't found in our hearts, it is not going to be evident in our lives at all. And sometimes we let our exterior circumstances influence our peace. But did you know that we can find peace in the Word for every one of our problems? Everyone. Physical problems, emotional problems, relational problems, financial problems. God's promises throughout Scripture are there to bring us Peace for every one of our problems. There are so many scriptures where we can find peace, but I just want to share a few of them with you this morning. 
Matthew 6, 31 through 33. Do not, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Luke 11, 9 and 10 says, So I say unto you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And Mark 10, 27 says this, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Having peace within us doesn't mean that we're not going to have trouble or hard times. Jesus himself said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Having God's peace in us means that no matter what storm we are walking through, we can find peace in his presence, regardless of our situation, regardless of our circumstances. And that peace can only come from being in relationship with him. And now, more than ever, we need to rest in his peace. We need to embrace the shalom, the restoration and the wholeness and the completeness that Jesus brings. When we rest in his peace, we can have peace within us. I'm going to ask Ryan to come up, and I'd like to end this service just a little differently. Maybe there are some of you here or some of you online that have been struggling to find peace in this season. Maybe there are some of you here that don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you need to be restored in relationship with God. Perhaps there are some of you who have broken relationships that need God's restoration power over them. And maybe there are some here who just need to receive God's peace. I would like to give us the opportunity just to sit in his presence this morning for a few minutes and just seek after him. Brian's going to sing and play Silent Night, and as he does that, I would like us just to take a moment. I would like us just to sit in the presence of the Holy Spirit and ask him to come into our hearts this morning to reveal those areas to us where maybe we need restoration of peace. Let's focus on him and the shalom, the wholeness, the completeness, the restoration that we can find through Jesus, the Prince of Peace.
I would also like to have our prayer team come up during this time. And if you feel like you are missing peace in your life right now, we would love to pray with you. If you are online and need prayer, our online host is there and will pray with you. Do not let the enemy steal one more day of peace with God. If you need Jesus today, please let us pray with you. It says in Romans that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And whether you are here or whether you are online, God will meet you right where you are, right at this moment. Do not pass by the opportunity to have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as the Prince of Peace in your life. So in these few minutes, let us reflect on what the armies of the angels declared over the shepherds that dark night. Glory to God in the highest heavens and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The King has come. Salvation is here. Let us all find peace through him today. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round young virgin mother and child, holy infant so tender and Oh. 